It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Which defensive tackle would make the most sense for the Cowboys in round one? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are talking some draft prospects today, specifically round one defensive tackles. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. You know, it's funny. Like we've, we've, We talked about all the trades that have happened this week, and we had a little bit more movement in free agency. It feels like the Cowboys have kind of funneled them into themselves into the spot where there only is like one or two kind of glaring obvious spots where they they you feel like they need to add talent uh and so now after kind of seeing some of these moves uh uh drafting a defensive tackle in the first round seems a lot more palatable than it was maybe even two weeks ago so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm certainly it was was interested to dive into these guys and i'm certainly interested to talk about their fit for the cowboys all right let's uh let's get into some of these names we're gonna assume jalen carter despite the fall is going to be off the board I don't know if the Cowboys are all that interested in Kalijah Kansi, the six foot, two hundred eighty-one pound defensive tackle. Let's start with maybe the biggest name on this list. It's Brian Breezy from Clemson, hmm. five-star recruit coming out of high school, uh, long, athletic. What did you think of his tape? Yeah, not not only a five-star recruit coming out of high school, he was the number one recruit coming out of I think the twenty eighteen draft class, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 some even have ranked him in the top twenty high school prospects of all time. And and one of, one of the things I I looked at, uh, he's a guy who let's just talk a little. We don't usually talk about these guys in high school a lot, but this guy had kind of a a, a, a astounding astounding career. He was the number one overall. Uh, uh, prospect like i mentioned he came out of maryland uh in a in kind of an area of maryland where his competition was not you know it's not texas high school football it's not it's california not awesome. yeah. it's not georgia uh, it's not alabama so you know the, the competition was a little bit low he got tons and tons of offers ended up at, at clemson and had a very kind of up and down career right mm-hmm. uh you know he obviously dealt with some off-field stuff with his i think his sister got sick with cancer if i'm not mistaken i think that's and, what and, happened yep and 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 that that you know which kind of pulled him away from the game a little bit i will say that just kind of looking at his career before we get into the tape he he he, he was a three-year like regular player on that defensive line um but he was heavily rotated i, I think he only saw something like a thousand snaps uh, in a three-year career, which isn't a ton, right? No. He's got a very uh, unusual body type, right? Where where he has very un, uh, very unusual height. He's almost six foot six, uh, but he has very short arms. He has like yes. I mean, for for a guy who's six foot six, they're thirty-two and a half inch arms. 
Uh, he's very explosive on the get off. He, he can play defensive end with that sort of ability to explode off the ball. You kind of saw a little bit of that. He moved in and out a little bit. He saw him uh, take some snaps at, as a, a, a three technique. You saw him a little bit as a five. Uh, but I mean, he could even kind of do some stuff as a seven. He's, he's just big, you know, explosive and can get moving. Um, he's very naturally strong. I mean, the athleticism is all there, right? Like yep. y- you can see when, when he does it right, it looks like uh, Indomic and Sue or like, you know, another one of these really tall, big, long, uh, athletic, you know, uh, defensive interior guys, except he's not that lengthy guy. So he's you're not seeing the same sort of like uh, engage, separate, discard. It's more of him just exploding into or around the the blocker and then trying to shrug guys off as he makes his way to um, the quarterback. He is all kind of just raw talent. He doesn't seem to have a, a lot of technique from what I've seen. He's he's no pass rush plan, no counters really. Uh, he's but, very I mean, he, raw. He, he gets away with it, cause, yeah, because yeah. he gets away with it because he's so strong and he's so explosive at that size. Well, and I'll, let me read you the numbers just in case you guys aren't from yeah. six yeah. five and a half, two hundred and ninety eight pounds, thirty two and a half inch arms, which is short, uh, I, but a four eight six forty yard dash. I tried to go back, you know, when I started looking at his measurables, I tried to go back and see some guys who are comparative to him, like at that height. And that kind of length, and there just aren't a ton of guys who are taller than six five who have thirty only thirty two inch yeah. arms. So you know, I, I could see. You know, we talked about you know John Henderson, or or uh, you know, we talked about Indomik and Sue. You know, there are other guys who play at that height who have that kind of play style that you see Brian Brees kind of. Uh, 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 or is it Breezy? I haven't actually heard him say Breezy. Breezy. You see Breezy kind of like you know employ. But he, he doesn't have any kind of consistency. He doesn't have the the arm length that we mentioned, so that he doesn't have that aspect where he can you know kind of arm out guys and then long arm around. He just he's just a, a like a tall Tasmanian devil that he gets thrown at offensive line, and, and and you hope that he can do something. But well, I got I, I got a size comp size. Yeah, let's hear comp. Taven Bryan, who was a yeah, guy that okay. the Cowboys looked at in the 2018 draft, 6'5", 291, 32 and a half inch arms. Yeah, and that's you know, not a great comparison. <laughs> I mean, like as far as like potential outcomes for a first sure. round pick or you know top, high high round picks. I, you and know. That, I'm not I'm not really comparing the the play no. styles, just athleticism and length wise. Yes. Yeah, and, and that I think that's the issue, right? Is that like to me, I I could see getting an athlete guy and then you know hyping up the athleticism and okay let's work with this ball of clay and 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 I'm I'm leaning more into those types of guys recently because I feel like a lot of those guys have started to hit more and more and the NFL is yeah. more open to working with those types of players. The problem I have here is that it's incomplete athleticism, you know, like with 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 the kind of shorter arms and his body style. Now I feel like. He's an easy target for for offensive linemen to hit because he's so tall. He doesn't necessarily use his hands that well, so he doesn't keep his chest clean. He can't really separate guys out because of the length. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have, like, advanced techniques. So I like him because I think he's an athlete, and I think he can – you know, he's bursty inside, and I I can see the upside there. But I I feel like 
you know, I, I put down where does he win? He's an explosive interior pass rusher, obviously. But unanswered question is are can he make himself useful as he develops into a full-time NFL starter? And, and that's where I have questions is how so, much are you going to be able to get of him early? I think if you line him up as like a three technique and just have him rushing there, I don't know if that's a great thing for him. But if you have him on a defense that slants a lot and does a lot of twists and stunts, that's where I, th- I see his best football. Like when he, he yeah. is awesome in the stunts because he's so athletic and he plays hard. It's just, do you spend the 26 pick on the, in the draft on a guy that is raw like that? And you just don't know where to play him on first and second down. I don't know, but I am intrigued. I, I, I don't have any, some, a lot of people have been asking me on Twitter the last couple of days, what are my thoughts on him? And honestly, I don't know. I, I don't have him figured out at all. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where, I have a hard time viewing this as a first round prospect because I need either or, right? Like, okay, you could be an elite technician with, you know, kind of middling athleticism. And I could talk myself into you being a first round pick if it's good enough. You could be an elite athletic, uh, athlete with, with uh, you know, kind of middling technique. And I could talk myself into you being develop, developing into a superstar, right? But if you don't have like the complete package of either one of those two things, like I, I think that he certainly can develop, but I certainly think that there is room for the NFL for this type of body style, but it's like incurring a bunch of risk without all the upside that you would normally expect from this kind of athlete. Yeah. And I, I, although I went back and looked at some names of like guys that are like that six, six, 300 pound, you know, defensive tackle that run a, you know, sub five second, 40 yard dash, but don't, don't really have production because breezy does not. Yeah. And it's a not. lot of names that you don't love. Like it's Rashad Hageman who the, I think it was the Falcons drafted in the second yep. round. Uh, there's uh, mentioned Robert, Taven, Nietzsche. Robert, Robert Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yep. That's the, uh, honestly, that's the other guy that I was afraid to throw out there. But like, as far as like physical comp and like production and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's some circumstance with both of those players, but at the same time, like Indice yeah. was never really able to kind of overcome that circumstance no. and, and never really became the player that everyone thought. Yeah. So he's a tough one to figure out. Again, I'm not gonna if the Cowboys end up picking him, I'm not gonna crush it just because you are taking an exceptional athlete with awesome size, but still have a long way to go there. Well, let's talk about maybe one of the best run stopping defensive tackles in this class. Maisie Smith next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from the money line to point scores and three pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Landon, let's talk about Maisie Smith, who I saw today was mocked to the Cowboys in the first round by Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, What do you think about Maisie Smith and his fit with the Cowboys? Uh, he's a pretty good athlete, I guess. Uh, Number one on the freaks list. The dude is a total freak of nature. I, I put uh, wears three hundred twenty three pounds like it's absolutely nothing. His body is basically all muscle. Um, even his fat has got muscle. Uh, he, he he is planet theory player to the degree, like the umph degree. Yeah. He is at the top of the top of Bruce Feldman's freak list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you've seen anything on this guy. Uh, in, in any of the kind of testing numbers, I mean, it's just it's absurdity. It's box jumps and uh, uh, torque power, and you know, just Michigan has one of the most renowned st- strength and conditioning uh, uh, groups in, in all of college football, and yeah. this dude basically broke their weight room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's just. I, I saw a story that I was listening. Uh, yeah, it was Andy Staples was talking about one of the chess machines that they had. The they torque machine. Had- yeah, yeah, they had to they had to go and rebuild it because he was maxing it out with one arm. It max it maxes out at I think is what so what it is is a machine that you take one handle like this and then one arm like this and then you twist. And what you're yeah. supposed to be doing is, you know, if you watch offensive and defensive linemen, think Micah Parsons torquing uh McGlinchey in the playoffs where he just twisted him and threw him to the ground. This guy, this machine that they test this out, t- tested out at uh, maxed out at five hundred pounds, if I'm not mistaken. They had to go and get a machine that could do eight hundred pounds because this guy could do four hundred pounds on each arm. Yeah. So, like that's re- yeah, literally breaking the Michigan you know weight room in order to kind mm-hmm. of you know, compensate for what he needs to do. That that shows up on tape. You, you see a guy that is strong, like crazy strong. They put two, you know, Penn State Big Twelve uh, offensive linemen on him, and he's not moving. You know, and like mm-hmm. I think the word that we're going to hear a lot with with him in regards to whether he is going to be a, a a big player in this league is going to be consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question of whether he finds it or not will define his career trajectory, as far as I'm concerned. You've got all the power and short area burst and quickness you could desire for a guy who's we didn't even talk about. He's six two, three hundred and twenty pounds plus. He's got thirty three and three quarter, almost thirty four inch arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's built in a lab to be a deep defensive uh, nose tackle specifically he can settle in versus anchors versus doubles he's powerful in the lower body his his thighs and his calves look like you know like somebody's waistline basically Mm -hmm. uh and when it looks right with him you know when his pad level is low when he uses his hands to keep his chest clean he is impossible to move and he's very hard to block but when he doesn't do that he you know you see him like jumping at times like trying to get around guys and like overusing his athleticism as opposed to just his power at times he gets in bad body position at times and when he does mm-hmm. that he's easily neutralized for a guy who is 6'2 320 pounds of just absolute pure muscle so I, I think really uh, the key for him is going to be about finding a level of consistency I don't know that he's ever going to be uh, uh, a pass rusher as a nose tackle. But I, I'll tell you this, if, if you put him in the Dallas defensive line with the alignments that they're going to have for their pass rush and you get this guy lined up one-on-one on a center or a guard, 
I, I feel pretty good about this dude pushing that center of guard right back into the quarterback's lap. So I think he offers you something as a pa- in the in the pass rush, but he's not a pass rusher no. at all. Well, and, um, uh, we've seen other nose tackles come out over the last three or four years that aren't really pass rushers. I mean, yeah. like Derek Brown, Dexter Lawrence, even Jordan Davis. But those guys all went inside the top 20 because I think – there was at least a little bit of pass rushing upside. I'm just not sure how much Maisie Smith has. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, honestly, I don't know how much he was asked to do it at Michigan, honestly. Uh, but beyond that, too, like, he's not, like, you know, swimming around a dude to, to quickly get no. into the backfield. Like, you're not going to get that kind of quick interior pa- uh, pass rush that you're hoping for with a defensive tackle pass rusher, right? This like is it's more, more of your traditional nose tackle, yeah, right? Yeah, I, and I think you could, you know, on situations where they're throwing the football early in the downs, you know, he can disrupt the pass game by pushing the pocket in, but it's going to be late in the snap. You're not, you're not going to get the kind of Aaron Donald, uh, right. you know, Jerome Hargrave, you know, quick win, knock a pass down, knock the quarterback down before he gets the yeah. pass out sort of win. Uh, where does he win? He's an overwhelming, explosive interior power player. Like I said, explosive not in the sense like Aaron Donald as he's shooting a gap to, yeah, to win in yeah. pass rush, but explosive as he will jar your guard and centers back into the backfield. Unanswered questions is will he find consistency? I think honestly that's – I mean he's NFL strong and NFL athletic now. He's ready to play yeah. at, at that position in the NFL right now, the question is, is his technique ready on a consistency level to play down in, down out in the NFL? And then on top of that, if assuming he's not ever really a big pass rusher, right? He's really your run stopper. Is that guy worth the 26th pick in the draft, right? Do you draft a run-stopping nose tackle in round one? I think for Dallas, you can make an argument you should because that's been their biggest weakness forever. Right. Like, and if you get that guy, all of a sudden he makes everybody else on the defense better. And the whole goal for Dallas is like, just get to third and long. You get to third and long, you're going to be just fine. I think Maisie Smith is going to help you, but he's also not going to be on the field when you get there. So it's a little bit of a trade off. And we kind of historically know how the Cowboys treat this defensive tackle position, which makes me think he's not really going to be an option for them in round one. Probably, maybe not. I, I do think that 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 you know, as much as we talk about nose tackles and and their value, draft value, I think the other aspect that kind of works against that is that uh, the planet theory and or you know uh, supply and demand. Right. I, I think that that's the issue that we're we're going to start running into with with uh, some of these nose tackles now is that. There aren't a ton of these guys in the world that can do what they're being asked sure. to do. I know it's not necessarily a um, positionally valuable trait. You know, it, it's not a pass rushing defensive end. It's not a pass rushing defensive tackle. But I do think that uh, having a guy who can play kind of three downs worth of nose tackle for you is not so, is is rare. And so I think you know for for the Cowboys who are taking picking at twenty six, I would remind everyone, you know this is not a first round player that you're taking likely at 26 unless someone falls to you. So I, I think kind of taking that aspect out of the value equation and all things being equal, you know, you line these guys up yep. with positional value cooked into their grade. And if he's, if he's still the top ranked player, despite the the marks against him for his positional value, pull the trigger on. Him. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you like him more than like, we like Travis Jones, the UConn defensive tackle last year. I 
I think I, I think I like him similarly. Okay. You know, like I, I think he's more, you know, it's, it's interesting. Honestly, like the, the, he didn't have the athletic testing quite that I expected him to, right? Like we know he's a freak athlete because of all the conversations and, and, and everything, all the testing that he's done just in the Michigan weight room. Uh, but he didn't blow things up the, quite the way that I expected to. Uh, well, cause he really didn't day. do a lot. All he did was yeah. jumps. He never ran 40. Uh, uh, he did, he did the vertical, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, and he did bench, right? He benched yeah, 34 that on the bench. Mean, doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to think that he probably is a better athlete than Travis Jones. Um, but I don't know that he necessarily has some of the tech, like consistent technique that Jones did at times. So yeah. I would say similar, but they're they're a little bit different players. All right, let's talk about one of the most intriguing players in the entire draft when we get back. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know that you have a favorite Built Bar or Built Puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I'm going to be voting for the cookie dough bar it's my absolute favorite and if you want to support your favorite bar to win then you'll be voting for that bar as well support your team support your bar or puff and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have the absolute best built bar sent to your house every single month you've got to try built bars the absolute best Protein bar on the market, real chocolate, only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. You absolutely can't beat it. Run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Lena, let's talk about Northwestern defensive tackle. I'm sure I'm going to mess this up, but it's at a... Addy Tamiwa uh, at a barway, um, who I saw today that Mel Kuyper mocked to the Cowboys at pick number 26. What did you think of his tape when you watched it? Yeah, I've got Addy Tamiwa's uh, uh, phonetic name uh, written down right here, just, just to there help you go. me. Uh, AA. Yeah. We're going to, from now on, we're just going to call him AA, AA or the kid from Northwestern. Yeah, uh, I think he goes by Tommy too, which which or is extremely easy, helpful. Easy, Tommy. Yeah. Um, what a freak of nature this guy is like, right? Like uh, he's, he comes in a very tweener package. I mean, that's, that's going to be the issue with this guy. I mean, he has, uh, his height is six, one and five, eight. So he's, he's just under six, two, right. Uh, which, you know, I think you can get away with a little bit more defensive tackle, but it's harder to get away with a defensive end. He's 282 pounds, which is heavy for a defensive end, but is light for a defensive tackle. Um, but I think the difference between him and like a guy like Kalijah Cansey is that he has almost 34 inch arms. Um, so this, like the Oso oh, Dicky Zua thing where you're six one, but you have really long arms and a long. Yeah. Wingspan. And, 
And honestly, I think Oso Odigizua is a is a is a like I I actually put Odigizua with a jetpack on. Like yeah. that's that's my kind of kind of player comparison to him, right? Um, you know, tweener body with fantastic athletic profile, short, undersized, but explosive with long arms. About two thirds of his snaps uh, were at five technique and outside. Uh, about a third of the B gap, but 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 the thing about that is that even that one third of snaps of his snaps at defensive tackle meant that he played more than 250 snaps last year at defensive tackle, which is he actually played more snaps at defensive tackle than uh, Brian Breesey did. So like that shows you kind of like, I know that's been a knock against him that, Oh, well, I'm not sure if he's defensive tackle. He's played more defensive tackle than a guy that's a first round potential defensive tackle in a better conference. Yeah, in a better conference. So uh, I, I think that that, that kind of sh- shows you something. He engages with good leverage at, at times, often because the, he's just so short that his hands often just end up above his eyes, which which really helps with his leverage. I don't know that that's always uh, uh, a technique thing. I think it's just yeah. a height thing sometimes. So I do think he should focus a little bit more on his hands. Um but you know that's that's one area where I feel like he needs to develop a little bit more is just getting making sure he shoots his hands right. He uses his length very well though, um, and you do see it that when he when he gets his hands inside, he is able to shed pretty quickly and, and get around guys because he's just kind of discards them. Um, he is explosive both on the inside and the outside. You see him like able to uh, jolt tackles back and jolt guards back kind of equally so he doesn't like lose power when he's going mm-hmm. inside or outside um i i felt like you know i think the i spent most of my time watching him trying to figure out like what the plan would be with him right um because i think he doesn't have you, one position. He he yeah. he is not going to slide right into the three technique and play that spot for you. Yeah, and and I think that the issue too is that you know at, he like he's a he's a twenty six option. Like he's not like I don't think he makes it to fifty eight. Like just based on everything I mean, we've seen. And, and Mel so, Kiper Mel Kiper today moved him up to his fourteenth player in the in his big board and said my guys around the league are telling me he's a locked top fifteen pick. So there's a chance. We're talking about this guy being gone ten picks before Dallas even drafts. Yeah, and and I I think the the tough part that's there is that he is kind of a little bit of a tweener. I, I think that the the game is moving towards that, and and we yes. should all open our minds to that. And I think that that uh, uh that is something that I'm holding in one hand, but what I'm holding in the other hand is that uh, those guys still haven't started to hit at a high rate yet. Yes. Like like we are moving toward that, but are we there yet? You know, and are we to the point where you're you're comfortable drafting a player who you feel good about playing two different positions, but not great about any one position, right? Um, and it I think depends that on that's, the team, right? I think yeah, it really depends on the team. Um, I had somebody I was talking about a this morning with somebody. And they said, well, if he ran a four six five, would we even be talking about him in round one? I said, no, probably not. But the reason we are is because we've literally never seen a player above 280 pounds run a sub four, five, 40 yard dash. Like you are drafting an outlier in the best way possible. Like this is a special, special athlete who is still getting better. I think he got better this season. I thought he was better at the senior bowl than I saw him in, in, in the regular season. So there's just so much untapped potential here. Yeah, that was something I put in my notes is that you could tell, you could see the improvement, especially as far as uh, 
his ability to anchor inside even mm-hmm. uh, uh, at, at, in the senior bowl practices versus what you saw in tape. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, there isn't a ton of production here, obviously. Um, there is a heavy amount of athletic kind of, you know, uh, uh, his athleticism is, is the driving force of his draft stock, yep. right? Yes, because um, it's rare, but, rare. But I do think that also the thing that we need to remember is that uh, another aspect of what drove his stock and before even the, the combine was how well he performed at the senior bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. he was one of the best players at the senior bowl. And to me, that mitigates a lot of this kind of athlete only type stuff, because you see these guys in real football drills during the mm-hmm. senior bowl. This isn't like a, a shorts and, and, you know, a workout for, right. uh, situation. This is real football they play. So, um, I, you know, I tend to think that at 26, you know, like we've said before, you're not necessarily picking a first round pick, a, you know, first round graded player, right? I think if anybody could find something, a way to make this guy work, Dan Quinn could. Yeah. And and I and I and I and I feel like with as I probably feel about all three of these guys, honestly, I feel confident about the Cowboys' ability to convert on these folks because I feel confident in Dan Quinn's ability to convert these folks. What's funny is I feel like Dan Quinn has had versions of this player before, but never anybody this athletic. Because I remember the last year he was in Atlanta, they drafted a guy from your school, Marlon Davis. Marlon Davis. Yeah, right? He was that 6'2", 300-pound edge guy, but they really couldn't figure out what to do with him because he was just too slow to play on the outside but not really quick enough to play in the inside. Tommy might be that perfect fit of a guy that you move all around. And maybe, maybe they view him as the next Michael Bennett who Dan Quinn had in Seattle. Right. Yeah. And and that's, maybe that's the thing, right. Is that Quinn has a vision for this type of player and has had a vision for this type of player for a long time. And maybe this is the first time he's found somebody that fits the athletic profile again uh, to play the position the way that he wants to. So um, yeah, I mean, again, if I was just talking about a random team or if I was, you know, uh, watching this player as kind of generic NFL draft guy, I would have, I would have some, some questions about drafting a guy like this. But since my team has Dan Quinn, I feel, I would feel good about drafting a guy like this because I feel like Dan Quinn clearly would be one of the few defensive coordinators in the league that have a good plan for how to use this. Not only that, but he's also going into a defense where he doesn't need to be the number one, number two or number three edge guy on your team. Like he's not going to be the guy where, you know what, if he doesn't get pressures this week, the defense is going to falter. He's coming into a role where all he needs to do is just be the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh guy in your defensive line rotation and figure it out. So I think it, this is a good spot for him. Quickly, before we go, uh, can you rank these guys in order from which you would want the Cowboys to draft them to not draft them? It's really tough, man, because these guys are all kind of different body types. Yeah. I I think I would probably go with <sighs> probably Tommy, Mazzy, Brian, Reese. Honestly, because I, I just struggle with Breezy because I, I do as well. I, I don't know. I, I need to see one or the other. And it's hard to have incompletes on both sides, athleticism and production and technique. It's like I, I, I'll go Mozzie Smith for me at number one, just because I think Dallas has a lot of everything else. What they don't have is a guy that they feel really good about 
playing nose tackle, giving them some strength in the inside. And if you have Osa and Mozzie Smith playing on first and second down, teams are going to struggle to run on you. Yeah, honestly, the only reason I mark Mozzie beneath uh, Tommy is because of positional value, you know? Sure. Like, I, 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 but I think that, yeah, the as far as, like, what the Cowboys specifically need, you know, at this point, having a, a, a borderline playmaker at nose tackle, a guy who can actually move the needle in the run game, uh, you know, I think that would be I valuable. Think. So I, I, I certainly wouldn't poo-poo either one of those two guys. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Scouting Show with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen. Check us out on YouTube. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.